0: The markets, we just can't get enough of them. Markets are the drivers of
1: your wealth and investment strategy.
0: Welcome to Magic Markets with your co-hosts, The Finance Coast and Mohamed Nalla. Together, we have more than 25
1: years of combined experience in the markets.
0: In addition to our weekly free show that you know and love, we have now launched Magic Markets Premium, a weekly show for our subscribers
1: in which we give detailed analysis on global stocks. Every premium show is accompanied by a report covering the company's strategic drivers, its operating environment, its competitors, bull versus bear case, technical trading indicators, and a long-term investment thesis.
0: At just 99 Rand per month, we are committed to making institutional level analysis affordable for all investors and traders. Visit magic-markets.com to go premium and unlock your full potential in the markets. This podcast is brought to you by ANBRO Capital Investments. Invest in the future, invest in growth. Visit investinunicorns.com to learn more. The Unicorn Portfolio is managed by Anbro Capital Investments, an authorised financial services provider. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not financial or investment advice. Please speak to your personal financial advisor. Welcome to episode 96 of Magic Markets. It's really been a hectic few months in the markets and we've been so grateful to have some really smart people on the show to kind of guide us through it and to debate these points with us. We learn from them, they learn from us and, and everyone learns from everyone. It's lovely. One such smart person is uh, my partner in this, Muhammad Nala, who's with me every
1: week on this. So Mo, let me say hello to you first. Hi, Ghost. Always a pleasure doing this with you. And uh, yeah, it's been a, a tough couple of weeks on the market. But what's very interesting for me is I have picked up a, a bit of a pattern. I'm going to share this with our listeners, right? The pattern is we go through really bearish times. And then as we're ready to speak to our guest today, and our guest today is Justin Brophy from Anbro. As we're ready to speak to our guests from Anbro, the markets turn green. So, Justin, I'm going to start using you as my indicator to say, hey, maybe there's some high-frequency trading I can sneak in here, scheduled on every time we're about to speak to you guys at Ambro. Yeah,
0: Mo will go, we'll go with Justin as an indicator of uh, of success in the markets. I like that. I mean, the exact opposite of a certain famous CNBC host. So, Justin, welcome to uh, Magic Markets. It's good to have you, as it always is.
2: Thanks very much for having me, guys, and uh, out to your listeners as well. It's always great to be with the, the Ghost and Mohammed on uh, these shows. And absolutely, I think there's a lot to be positive about as an investor.
0: Yeah,
1: that's an interesting place to start, isn't it? Mate? Yeah, I, I, I think it's so fascinating, right? I mean, we, we just off the back of a, a reasonably bearish show last week. I mean, we, we literally spoke about making money in the bear market, right? And so our listeners might be wondering, why are we are taking a positive spin on this? And, you know, it's it's why I want to have this discussion with Justin today is because for me, it boils down to the element of, of timeframes. You know, last week, the show was quite trading orientated. And again, in the short term, there is a lot of bearishness. There is money to be made if you're bearish, if you want to execute on that. But it's also important to to make a distinction because we've got listeners who are traders, but we also have listeners who are investors. And then we have listeners who are are long-term investors. And those are the guys who like to look, guys and girls, who like to look through the economic cycle. They like to look beyond the current doom gloom noise headlines i mean you mentioned cnbc and i'm gonna say kramer because we know there's inverse kramer out there but people want to look beyond that looking beyond the horizon and sometimes that requires a slightly different skill set it requires a wider lens and it requires you to zoom out and start looking at things in a fundamentally different way so just i think that's a great place for us to kick off is that you know we we spoke offline and we wanted to bring this chat into one of our podcasts you know how does anbro as one of those investment houses that have a longer-term lens, how are you guys contextualizing the current environment? And why do you believe that we shouldn't be so fixated on the noise, the doom and gloom that get flashed on the headlines on CNBC and Bloomberg right now?
2: I think it's a really good place to start, Uh, you know, Mohammed and and Ghost. We're in an interesting time where, I think, in media, bad news sells quicker than good news. And I think a lot of the indicators we talk about particularly the inflation-based stuff, is backward-looking. Um, you know, we've, we've seen some really interesting stuff coming out. Uh, cost of containers uh, shipping from Shanghai to the States and to Europe coming down dramatically. Uh, when will that play out in economies? Not sure. But these are real leading indicators to us that, you know, where we're going is far better than where we've been. Something interesting, I had a, a discussion with a financial advisor this week and the financial advisor was talking about, oh, they're concerned about this and the bad news and what's going on. And I said, okay, if we, if we sat today and I said to you, you're looking at a client's portfolio over the course of the next five years, what would you put the probability on of the world shutting down for approximately two years for a pandemic and then a superpower invading its neighbor straight after that? What would you put that probability at? And um, the answer was not very high again, but not nil. And I think the reality is we've been through a very, very interesting time as investors, you know, all of us. So for me, I think the probability of us having something else out there that we haven't seen is always there. The probability of having another five years like we've just had must be much lower than it was. Um, One of the things I wanted to, to say where my positivity comes from is, as you know, we're not traders. So we're spending a lot of time with companies, with management recently, On our last show, we chatted about Patria. Since that last show, funnily enough, we actually went and met with Patria in London. And they heard the Magic Markets interview. And uh, on the back of that, we actually chatted to them in London, which was great. And when you speak to actual companies who are trying to do, let's call it, big goals that are in their worlds achievable and they're looking forward across a multi-sector. And I've got some to mention later on. And these guys are positive, they know where they're going, and they have a thesis that they actually want to deliver on. We all know guys like Christopher Columbus left in 1492. One day later, I can guarantee you there was that one guy shouting, are we there yet? The reality is that good things take time, and history remembers Columbus. Um, And I think in our world, we're seeing a lot of CEOs and management teams that we're interacting with that are very confident and delivering their, their thesis over time. But it does take time. I mean, guys, remember from your corporate days, you can't come out of a budgeting meeting looking at an annual budget, agree where we're going, and the next day I call you in and you're in for a disciplinary because you haven't delivered. You know, that's that's sort of where this market is. And it's not unsurprising. People are nervous. They've seen whipsaws and values. They've seen things coming from left and right. It, there's a lot of negative press that sells, that that is out there, and people just want reassurance. Where where are we going? We see it in some of our clients, and I think it's natural. The psychology of money is people hate losing money more than they actually enjoy making it, to be honest. So I think for me, I've got a whole lot of uh, numbers here for Ghost. I okay, came prepared. I know he likes his numbers. I, like, I know Mo's got a, a secret quant in him as well. So there's some really good numbers I can go through, and I'll start to prove why we think there's a really good feature out there as opposed to looking at just where we are today.
0: You know, just before we get into the numbers, it's nice to hear that you met with the Patcher team in London. Can you maybe get some more people in London to sign up for Ghost Mail? It is an emerging markets newsletter, so it should resonate quite well there. Um, you know, I think that's 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 really with the sort of you know the sort of sanity they need in difficult times. Now, I'm just kidding. It's always fun to tease from a place full of load shedding. Um, <laughs> speaking of psychology, I just a little shout out to Johan Biermann. He's a, he's quite a you know popular guy on local Twitter, and he see <laughs> he tweeted a few minutes ago. The U.S. market is rallying to levels not seen since last week, Monday. (laughs) Of course, it's very tongue-in-cheek and it's very funny. But, I mean, this is life in a bear market, right? And this is the the short-term mindset. If you're not careful, it can just kill you. You can wake up one day, everything's green, it's up 3%, and it's wonderful. And the next day, it's lost 6%, and you're ready to, you know, pack up everything you've ever owned and go and, you know, get buy-to-let properties instead. I mean, that's how difficult it can be. And it's nice to hear I, I know this about you guys obviously, but it's always good to reiterate it is that long term investor mindset. And it's not easy, and human psychology becomes a huge part of it. So I'm 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 curious what numbers you've got because one thing I will say is stats help you just sort of stay the path actually and just understand that the craziness does eventually come to an end. Long term stocks still do well, you know, it's still good to be investing in the market, all of these things still apply even though there are weeks that will certainly test your resolve along the way.
2: Absolutely. And you know, Ghost, you, you said a great, a great thing there, weeks that will test your resolve. I mean, there's times also, even in our own, our own sort of investment committee meetings, where we'll sit and with the team and you sit around and, and there you can see there's, there's sort of this disconnect between markets and, uh, and what we're seeing and what analysts are saying. As a good example I mean, of this and a great way to dive in, in our note as a bit of a precursor, Craig's actually done a bit of work and used three examples. He used Google, MasterCard, and one of your favorites goes, Simon Properties. And we had a look at looking at the market and looking at what analysts are saying. And if you look at this, Google year-to-date down almost 30%. If you look at estimated earnings per share in 2021, analysts came out and said 5.43, Google delivered, $5.61. Estimated earnings per share for 2022, Pretty flat, yet estimated earnings for 2023 is up almost 10% at 5.94. Share price, down 30%. Analysts are telling you this stock is growing and it's growing its earnings per share and they see the stock actually recovering nicely on the back of it. Market, not interested. Next one, Mastercard, down almost 19%. Same scenario, earnings per share 2021, 8.26 a share. Analysts, earnings per share 2023, 1264. Share price, down. Simon Property, share price here today, down almost 40%. Analysts, 1174, 2021, 2023, 1217. Showing growth in those companies. And why I use those three is because Craig's done extensive research and there'll be a lot more detail in our note to come. But the interesting thing that it highlights is that there's the market and what the market's doing. And then there's analysts analyzing companies, management teams, thesis, where they are, looking at stats and seeing the growth in the companies and the markets ignoring it. So who's right? I, I can't tell you I'm right. Um, and I can't tell you the market's wrong. The market's going to do what it's going to do. Um, but that's that to me was a very interesting way to start out, that you've got stocks that have, have been absolutely beaten down by the market. And yet the earnings per shares on all three of them over the next two years are significantly up. And they come from three different broad sectors. I mean, you can't get more bland but reliable than Mastercard, Simon Property, a leader in property, and then exciting in the name of Google. You know, in terms of of, of stocks. So there's three different. It's not just a growth position that we looked at there.
1: Yeah, just I mean, I think that's so fascinating because those are stocks that we've mostly covered in Magic Markets Premium. I mean, we didn't cover Mastercard, we covered the competitor Visa, but I mean, effectively the same kind of segment of the market and it's why so often we try and make that distinction for our subscribers for our listeners is that it's so important to look at the underlying businesses are they good businesses are they making money then to apply a through the cycle lens and some people might be traders they want to you know get in get out you know that's the higher frequency stuff other people who are investors might like the business and might just be looking for an entry point they might be looking for an opportunity and guess what you know in adversity in down market, sometimes that's what creates the opportunity. I mean, we've had this discussion. Volatility is what creates opportunity, both to the upside and to the downside. You know, to the upside, when something's very volatile, yeah, that's when you maybe realize several years worth of returns ahead of when you ordinarily get them in the business, and maybe you sell out of stock. But in this kind of a cycle where good quality companies have actually come off quite significantly, maybe that's created the opportunity for long-term investors to apply that lens And again, like you say, you don't even have to get very fancy. These are big names. They're the blue chip names. And even those have sold off quite significantly. What I want to get into as well, Jess, I want to actually ask a direct question here. Because you mentioned, for example, the cost of shipping and how those container costs freight has come off. Now, for me, it's a distinction between leading indicators and coincident indicators. You know What are you guys seeing as some of those leading indicators? You mentioned the shipping, for example, but when you're looking at companies across different sectors, when you're looking at some of the core themes that are developing, we know the macro story. We know that central bankers are, at this point in time, looking like they might go too far and they might push the economic cycle. That's what's causing the stir in the market. But what are some of the common themes and elements that you're picking up across different sectors that are certainly worth highlighting as, as leading indicators for this opportunity set over the longer term.
2: So let's just go back. I think the last episode when I was on, one of the things we discussed was the impact of the strong dollar. You know, the dollar is is really hurt a lot of companies. I mean, one of the ones we spoke about, Dexcom, uh, which was uh, a while back, the diabetes cars. they've just rolled out their launch regardless. You know, they've gone into, into of all places, South Africa as well, So they've just launched their new G7 um, product, which is out across Europe and in South Africa now for those people, you know, with with that scourged RBT that need to manage it in a a far more sophisticated and helpful way. Now, they haven't held back. They've stepped forward, even though they're a dollar-based reporting company. And I think for most people, even the Fed looking at another 75, another 50, another 25 is what they've communicated. Whether that's true or not and whether they follow through, we'll have to see. But they seem very determined to stamp out uh, inflation and see the course. So we'll have to see. You know, I'm, I'm not judging them, and I'm not clever enough to know what the market will do tomorrow. But I can tell you that for me, some of the indicators that are coming out is companies are starting to step forward and roll out their strategy regardless because they see the opportunity set. Now, that management of that business is obviously saying, we see some dollar strength, but we see that tailing off as our strategy rolls out. So I think that's a clear at a management level scenario. What you're also seeing is logistics costs coming off. I mean, oil did pop the other day. Um, you know, so we've got to be careful. We're not we're not out the woods in terms of the economics yet. And I know, you know, Mohammed, you're the expert on, on sort of the macroeconomic piece, but I think at a, a company level, we're seeing companies starting to press forward. Um, you know, Craig spoke about CrowdStrike and how well they've been doing, they're pressing forward with their with their agenda. And I think where we're seeing this and, and more and more, we're starting to see companies now saying the same thing you've just said. We're walking through this because we have a thesis to roll out and we want to deliver. And so companies are doing that. I mean, it's, it's what we see. Just if I could just add something interesting to what we we're talking about earlier and talking about staying the course. I've picked out five stocks here. Tesla, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, and AMD. If you look year-to-date, Tesla down 18%. Over five years, up 1,171%. Apple, down 15% year-to-date. Most shorted company ever. Over five years, up 291%. Microsoft, down 28%. They put through a 15% price increase earlier in the year. Nobody even batted an eyelid. All of us just paid for it. No one, I didn't even hear anyone complain. Nobody. Okay. They're up 226% over five years. Amazon, you know, everyone's got something to say about Amazon at the moment. Yet they, and year-to-date, down almost 30%, up 147% over five years. And the last one, AMD, down 52% uh, year-to-date, over five years, up 437%. Now, I look at even our own unicorn. We're up uh, since inception, we're still up, call it 62% since inception. But it's about staying the course, I think, because the different theses take huge time to roll out. Amazon moving to something like where they've invested in Rivian or Raven, depending on how you want to say it, where they're moving to an order of 200,000 electric delivery vehicles. You can't just deliver those things overnight. I don't even think Raven's delivered one yet, to be honest. So when we look at these pieces and we look at what management's doing, it's taking a fundamental view that what management wants to do, that thesis looked at by people such as all of us and other analysts and getting an objective view. Can they deliver it over the next two, three, four, five years? And then really, Ghost, I know this is your bugbears. Don't fall in love. You know, Make sure you still remain objective. We saw that and we, we put our hands up. One of the stocks that we, we looked at and ran incredibly was Zoom. Don't fall in love with it. Stay realistic. But I I must tell you, I honestly believe that if you look at some of these numbers, the short-term noise is always going to be there. But Craig said a wonderful thing the other day to a client. He said, do you phone a Pam Golding, for example, every day and ask for a valuation on your house? Well, the reality is if you're not a trader and you've bought stocks like all of us work in companies where we've got to roll out strategies and objectives. You've got to give them time to do that, and that doesn't actually matter whether it's a blue chip or a growth stock or some value play you really like. You've got to give them an opportunity to, do, you know, to do that. This is a really, really unique market. I mean, you know, going back to, to Mo, you know, you look back with your economic uh, mindset at 2007, 2000 and before that, and you look at different times in the industry when you've seen various hu- or various periods of volatility. I mean, let's just look back three years compared to those, and we are talking about a, a very difficult time as an investor. But if you look forward to what's been rolled out, that's where I want to be. I want to be looking at those companies and their thesis and what makes sense in that space, but in a smart way. Not profitless tech, not people who are highly dependent on interest rates coming down, people who have planned for and are rolling out in an intelligent manner.
0: That's exactly it, Justin. I may not phone uh, Pam Golding every day, but sometimes they phone me every day and offer me a valuation for my house, which is not a mark-to-market, it's just marketing. You know, it's important to understand, know the difference here. But the comments I wanted to make is, yeah, I mean, I agree with all of that, and we've all worked in big corporates. You know, some may say we once worked together, I'll give a bit away there. And the point is that Big corporates have a strategy, and it doesn't change every week. It cannot change every week. So they sit and say, well, we have a product, you know, it's for diabetics. We see South Africa as a market with a lot of diabetics who have access to either decent private health care or they have money. Therefore, it's a strategically important market. And sure, it might not be the best timing with the dollar right now, but that is going to change. I mean, who can predict the currencies? Good luck. Even currency experts can't predict the currencies. So... Therefore, we will go off and do what we do as a business. And actually, I was thinking now, you know, Magic Markets is such a perfect example. Yes, we launched in a bull market as did so many other sub stacks and everything else. Lots of them have gone away and packed up and gone home because they never built it with this long-term belief and strategy and a niche and something that they believe they could do differently, which is not what we've done. You know, we always knew, of course, this thing is going to at some point you know is going to turn and there's going to be a percentage of people who became interested in the markets over the past 2 years who will pack it all up and say this is too hard but the beauty of it is there's a percentage of those people who will say actually this is intellectually fascinating i'm really interested in this stuff and i'm keen to learn as much as i can about it because it grabbed me during the recession or during the pandemic rather um, and now during a recession, and the more I learn, the better I can do over the next 30 years, you know, and those are our people, if I can say that, you know, those are the sort of people who are coming into the ecosystem and want to learn and, and are keen to be around it. So this is how businesses are run, you know, they ride the cycles. And the problem is, if you don't think like that as an investor, you can, you can do crazy things, you'll whip your money out exactly as something has fallen 50%, which is exactly the wrong time to do it. You know, the other way that companies behave that seems counterintuitive, I remember reading this in the, I think it was in the story of Airbnb, and the founder said, raise money when you don't need it. And it's such good advice. I think, Mo, we covered was it far fetched that has such a bad balance sheet, and we said, how did these guys not raise money in the height of the frothy bull market, IPOs all around? That's when you raise. When your share price is nice and high, you don't need the money then and there, but you're going to need it in a year and a half's time, when the cycle turns against you, and that's how corporates need to think. It's not the same as how traders think, actually.
1: I, I just want to add on that, just. I want to. I want to add on that before we come through to you, right? Is that there's an element of existing businesses and riding out the cycle, and businesses putting their strategies in place. But something that we discussed on a show with yourself and with Craig, you know, your ethos at Anbro is about finding companies that fulfill a specific need i mean as ghost was talking right now you know that's how we differentiate ourselves at at, at magic markets premium is that we saw a need in the market and we look to fulfill that need so i want to almost latch onto that aspect of the anbro ethos to say when looking at these businesses some of them might be established businesses some of them might be newer businesses but that estab- that effectively look to address a very specific need and i'm going to be a little cheeky here right we we like to try and get the inside scoop for our, our listeners for our, our subscribers as well uh, but certainly on this show you know what are some of the maybe sectors or maybe stocks you guys have always been very generous with your ideas so i'm going to i'm going to go out on a limb here and say what are some of those themes that you're seeing and some of the needs that are being addressed that are very exciting for the team at Anbro right now?
2: So let's let's start with basic and then move around to more exciting. And also what I'd like to say is that as you guys have, have rightly said along the way in many of the shows, listen, the best, the best investment you can make as an investor is one that's made with the right advice and looking at your advisor and your specific situation. So... We're here talking about, you know, our portfolio and the stocks we look at and our sort of risk and um, and investment timeline may be much longer than someone. So we're also maybe not a place for someone to jump in today and jump out on Friday. Um, we're someone who wants to look at growth for long term. So for investors, you know, we're looking at companies that will see value um, and what we're seeing in them is that's multiples of that value over a five to ten year period. So let's just set the, set the bar there that we're not hoping to do this by Friday, which would be great, by the way. Um, Something interesting, if we look at, um, I drew sort of a wheel on my side of different investments and going back, something exciting, but actually in our world that's quite simple, is a stock we picked up probably two years ago was Exact Sciences. You know, the company doing the work around um, early stage cancer detection that's done in a non-invasive way, particularly for colon cancer in the States. And we tied something like that up with the fact that they were suddenly able, from an insurance point of view, the medical insurers were paying for guys to come in and have it done, who typically were only, what was only available from the age of 50 and up, suddenly it was available to those 45 and over. And for us, that's a little indicator we picked up. One, it does great work. We don't need to get into the the fact that it's touched us all as a terrible disease, but little things that we pick up on in companies that are those. Now, a fascinating thing for me was exact sciences is actually starting to go mainstream for some of the big analyst houses and research houses mm-hmm. now. So it's quite interesting that there's been some initiation on those in the past month. I don't say we're a, we're a sort of a signal for these things at all. I'm just saying we look at that and that made a big difference to us. A little indicator that in their world showed huge runway. The next one that, that is interesting to us is someone like Macario Libre. You know, to most people, they look and they say oh, "But this is just a South American Amazon or what, what is this? If you unpack Mercado Libre, what they are doing is you're looking at an area where they simply just don't understand postal deliveries or even logistics deliveries that need to get done for small businesses. Now, you know, coming from South Africa, we know we have headwinds in some of those spaces, but I can tell you, having lived in, in uh, Central and South America personally, I can tell you it's as difficult there, you know, for small businesses, logistics, etc. So to have someone who's interested in longevity, suddenly starting to invest in logistics chains, helping to get goods across the market, they moved from where something which was bought online could take up to three months to be delivered to less than 30 days. And the average post office delivery is 33 days. So they're already helping out at spaces like that. If we then look at something, and I know this is the most exciting one, and I did chat to Mohammed about this one. And this is something, not that we've bought this, because I'm I'm not sure the time is right for it, but if you look very far out, there's a company called NuScale. And NuScale are a small um, nuclear reactor um, development uh, business. These guys are clever. There's 90 uh, current uh, coal-fired power stations in the States that are still operational, but little towns are built and infrastructure are built all around them. These guys have the capacity to convert those using modular small-scale nuclear reactors into nuclear power stations. And what they looked at was, if you consider what's called, it's not my word, it's a cliched word, it's called nimbism, which is not in my backyard. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm not sure I'd be too excited, like Homer Simpson and uh, the Simpsons, of having a nuclear power plant in my back garden.
0: I already live close enough to Kubberg that I would be in serious trouble if that went wrong.
2: Correct. So, so the, the point of this is, when they looked at it, you're talking about potentially the end of, a, of an era for these coal mines, which are, from an environmental point of view, not, not that good. And there's jobs and industry and whole collectives of, of little towns and towns and families that are reliant on those. And these guys have come in and said, we can convert this to a nuclear power station on a modular basis using modern technology. And we can actually retain majority of the staff to work in there. And it keeps ecosystems going. So, you know, part of our passion is always looking where companies are not only investor or founder run managed, but they're also happy to make bold decisions, have big growth runways, and are able to scale up significantly. To tell you how interesting new scalers, is, this is a company I can tell you very few people probably know about outside the U.S. But here's a fascinating thing about them: Rolls Royce, some of your bigger German and French uh, manufacturers are all out there wasting huge amounts of money trying to get approvals. They are the first. New Scale is the first approved in the US to actually build and sell a small-scale nuclear reactor. The cost to do that is $500 million. Now, their market cap at the moment is tiny. It's $250 million. But if you bought them, you could save about $500 million. Now, the point I'm trying to make with them is the indicators for us are always there. You take Ghost, Muhammad Nala, there's going to be technicals, looking at their accounts, looking at what's going on and balancing it. And those are the the givens, you know, the qualitative, quantitative pieces. What to us really separates the wheat from the chaff is smart, clever thinking and how you integrate that into society with huge headache-solving solutions. So that's just three little ones, just giving you ideas on things we see. The important part, though, is to make sure you stay close to them. And when that thesis is being delivered, the the different milestones that are in place need to be followed and need to be delivered on like any other company. So if you do follow one of these companies, you've got to stay close to it. Our research allows us to do that. A case in point where we worried about a stock is upstart. So I think we've spoken positive. Let's just also say, what about in our portfolio? Where would we worry? Upstart, for those that don't know, is a totally new way of your financial institutions looking at how you get your bond approved. So it's looking at a scenario where an individual perhaps has been renting an apartment or a house for five years and can prove that they can easily cover that amount with their salary and their expenses. Yet if they go to a bank and they apply for a bond where their repayment's even lower than that, they may not get approved with current structures. So what Upstart does is using an algorithm Analyzes their spending patterns and actually has where they've rolled it out in the states. Uh, Wells Fargo used them. Um, they've actually proven to be lower on default risk with that technology. Now we really like Upstart. We like what they were doing, but through or under the cover of darkness, their management got clever and actually took on about three and a half billion dollars of debt loans in the home loan space. Now that's not our our you know when we're looking at these and how they're rolling out and what you're doing. That's way away from it. And that to us is a breach. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. So we are very cognizant of what we look for and also what we are aware of and how we look at these stocks.
0: Thanks, Josh. That's super interesting. I I always love it when you talk through stock ideas. And inevitably, there's something, at least one in there, that I've never heard of before. So that's something for me to go and do some Googling and check out. I love it. And also the discipline of, uh, you know, when things change, you need to be able to walk away or change your mind. I think that's. That's also something that not enough retail investors understand, they watch someone on TV, give a stock pick and they assume that means the stock will do well for the next 45 years and I will never sell it no matter what happens. It could not be further from the truth. Professional asset managers do not behave like that. So retail investors, please stop behaving like that. You are only hurting yourselves. They change their minds. They can give you a great thesis today, read something tomorrow morning, change their minds and hit sell at lunch. I've seen it, it happens and it's correct. So make sure you understand why a stock is an interesting pick as opposed to just blindly buying the names. So just that ties in with your point, which is always go and do your own research, think about this stuff. But it is fantastic uh, seeing the way you guys think. I mean, it's not the first time you've had something that has a bit of a takeout target flavor to it, which is kind of where New Scale comes in. So I like it. That's one to definitely keep an eye on. That's tiny. I don't think that's on my easy equities app, but perhaps I'll have a look. But thank you for your time, Just. And uh, as always, let's end the show with you just directing our listeners to where they can find out more about what you guys are up to, how they can invest with you. Um, I think I'm invested with you. I think Mo is as well. I speak under a correction, but I think he is. Yep. So Just, how do people find you?
2: The easiest way is via our website, which is investinunicorns.com. Or alternatively, our, our website, which is anbro.co, which is our asset management business. The unicorn website is for the product itself. But please get in touch. And if you'd like to sign up for our newsletters and that, just get in touch on the website.
1: Guys, before we wrap up, I, I really just want to urge you, the team at Anbro are, are really quite approachable. So, if you, if you want, if you have any questions about the show, if you have any questions about their ethos, their thinking, uh, don't be afraid to reach out to the guys. Like I say, very approachable. I've known them for years and years. Uh, and again, we're opening that up to you as our listeners go out there, you know, listen to the content, digest, engage. That's really where we all get rich out of this entire process. But, you know, unfortunately for this week, that's where we've got to leave it. Justin, thanks so much from Magic Markets to you and the Anbro team. Uh, and until we see you guys again and to our listeners, next week same time, same place. Thanks. It's been fun. Thanks, Chastie. Thanks very much, guys. This podcast is brought to you by Anbro Capital
0: Investments. Invest in the future, invest in growth. Visit investingunicorns.com to learn more. The Unicorn Portfolio is managed by Anbro Capital Investments, an authorized financial services provider. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not financial or investment advice. Please speak to your personal financial advisor.